Hello and welcome back to Fungibility. I'm your host, Ruve. Great week. Lots going on, as always. A little bit uh, of sunshine in the uh, crypto winter this week. Been a bit of an uptick uh, the last day or so. Hopefully by the time this podcast goes to air, the um, crypto uh, winter is long behind us. Okay, I pretty much doubt that's going to happen, but there, there's a bit of ebb and flow, and hopefully we're, we're near the bottom of that flow at this point. Um, so for those watching the various things going on, I think the, the, the one project that I think keeps everyone sort of tuned in is the Luna project, which you might have heard you know, in the previous episode, lost something like $60 billion a couple weeks ago. Um, well, the solution to losing $60 billion is it just mint another $60 billion out of the ether. And uh, they, that's what they did. So let's see if that works. So far, it looks like the, the Luna 2.0 is not going according to plan. I guess if you uh, once bit, twice shy might be the uh, adequate way to describe that particular project. I'm not sure I would want to invest in a project that might be known as the biggest crypto failure of all time. Um, but I'm, I'm sure there's people who don't care. So. Uh, good, good luck to you on that one. Um, you know, in, in other news, maybe someone should create the uh, the Bernie Madoff coin. But let's focus on more interesting things. To be honest, that 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 that's just like a I don't know what you want to call that. It's it's uh, not the most interesting. And uh, at this point, I think that there's lots of projects that that are really interesting in the space. The DAO space continues to be strong. Move to earn, play to earn, NFTs in general. And one of the folks we bumped into in sort of the travels over the last few weeks, you know, I think it was her name was Michelle, which you might have heard on a previous uh, permissionless. Um, she's working with a number of different companies, one of which I think was a group out of uh, ex Georgia Tech students that are working on taking NFTs and patents and creating a project around that. And it seemed like a novel use of it. And we've got one of the co founders on the show today, Neil. Neil, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So you are doing some cool stuff, it sounds like. And you were telling me a little bit about what you were up to and, and how you sort of sort of, you know, found this project and, and while you were at Georgia Tech and now you're looking to launch. I'm interested in hearing a little more about you, your project and what you're doing. And yeah. Let, yeah. So I just graduated from Georgia Tech um, in computer science. Um, however, last summer, me and my co-founder, Ahan, we were really intrigued with the whole NFT space. We just looked looking at OpenSea. We started coding in Solidity as a computer science background, doing smart contracts. And we were trying to find a way where we can take NFTs and push it into an industry that can provide great utility. And uh, one industry that had a lot of inefficiencies in the infrastructure was actually the patent market. Um, currently, 90% of U.S. patents are not monetized, so they're just sitting on the shelf and not making any money, even though the market is valued at around $25 billion of monetiz monetization available. Mm -hmm. It's not happening. So we thought that was a great problem. And obviously, there's a lot of things you have to go through patent lawyers, patent brokers, a lot of fees, a lot of time that a lot of people don't have. So we thought, why don't we push this onto the blockchain and use NFT technology where people can hop on our platform and literally actively trade their rights and do licensing of all patents um, in a matter of seconds using NFTs. Oh, right. Interesting. So you see value in the intellectual property in the process of which and how those intellectual properties are created. You know, this is interesting because if you follow the crypto space, a lot of the folks in it are almost like anti-patent and trademark. It's There's this sort of 
I don't know, libertarianism that sort of runs through the crypto world where, you know, anything involving governmental oversight control, even if it's a patent, is sort of frowned upon. How do you get over that sort of point of view with what you're doing? No, of course, I, t- I completely agree. And that's why when we're looking at PatentX, the big end goal that we want with this is eventually to have a DAO where essentially it's not just the U.S. government that's mm-hmm. putting their stamp on it where they're saying, yep, this patent's approved, but just like not a governing authority, but instead having a community of patent lawyers, patent brokers, inventors, big businesses, small businesses, and all of them coming together at the DAO where hey, if someone wants to put up their invention, the whole community as a whole decides um, and not just one governing authority. So, you know, elaborate on that. So you're, you're, you're thinking that, the, that there's an opportunity to actually define the intellectual property itself as an NFT. Right now, you're sort of playing homage to it, not so much providing the actual rights, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, correct. Currently, the platform will be as a serving as a facilitator between IP that's already stamped by um, any governing authority. However, the end goal that me and Owen really want is having that large community that instead of having them to go through the whole patenting process, they can come to us where they can use the community to, if they want to publish it on a governing authority, they can, but also have the ability to take their inventions. And if they don't have the money, don't have the time to go through that government process, they can have people like lawyers helping them out, or even have people coming in to fund their innovations, have it come to fruition, or even have their ideas being sold to big businesses who would want to patent it at the end. That's interesting. And, and so why this, like of all, of all your problems and all the solutions, you know, why did you choose this one? Um, the patent space? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, um, my dad, he was a patent um, and he was a patent litigator and a patent officer at the at PTO for about 15 mm-hmm. years. And I have been, as going to tech, I've been involved in a number of projects of where I've built my own invention. I've built um, during like science or in high school and stuff like that. And I actually went through the process myself. I was a senior in high school of patenting it, uh, patenting one of my science for projects. And that process took me around a whole year just to actually finish up all the wording of a patent. And then on top of that, um, luckily enough, I was able to find the money to go through this and have this all published. However, there are a lot of people that don't have the resources, especially small mentors. Uh, one example I can give you is the creator of the actual um, fidget spinner. I don't know if you remember that a couple of years back when that blew yeah. up. Um, that was actually patented around, I think, in 2013 by a woman who created it for her daughter at ADHD. But she could not afford to renew that patent. And then eventually, a couple of years later, manufacturers took it. It became a million dollar thing. And she actually profited nothing off of it because she couldn't afford it. Right. So having that space for people that don't have the resources, don't have the money um, to put up their ideas and put up their pens and actually monetize it. Um, that's sort of like one of the bigger problems that we're trying to solve. And, and so let's, let's talk about patents for a minute. You know, there, as I was saying, there's a lot of, of sort of, I don't know what you want to say problems with patents at the moment where you've mm-hmm. got these, these, these guys that do nothing but either buy existing patents and litigate around them or, or moreover folks that just create patents without any actual implementation of anything other than some, you know, diagrams on a piece of paper and then get issued patents. You know, to me as a guy that likes to build stuff and sometimes second in, in the patent is secondary to just making stuff work you know, there's this sort of underlying sort of, I don't know, concern. Anyone that's successful as an entrepreneur at some point is going to get sued for patent infringement. It's almost like 
the, mm-hmm. the very hallmark of being successful or looking like you're going to be successful involves like patent litigation. And, you know, that I don't think is the rationale behind why patents were created. It's not to just randomly sue anyone that has some derivative of, you know, everything that came before them. So how do you get around that sort of thing? No, 100%. Uh, I think one, the space that they call it are called patent trolls, where they literally try to patent everything possible. And then when someone infringes upon even the smallest thing, they go and sue them. Um, I think one of the biggest things, obviously, that comes with like being an NFT thing and being in the blockchain space is that when you have a community that's helping to work together, instead mm-hmm. of having people that are trying to go against each other and, oh, he infringed, I'm going to sue him. Instead of having a community that's more passionate about driving innovation, instead of instead of competing with other people saying, oh, I have this innovation first, instead of driving innovation and furthering technology just to help different problems around the world with its climate or different things, right? That's where I see this whole space of NFTs, communities coming and solving that issue of people who just being patent trolls, basically. Yeah, and so the these these patent troll and they're successful. I guess what is that? The West Texas uh, district or something where everyone does their patent troll litigation uh, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's it's the place to go if you're looking to sue for random patents, and it just seems unnecessary for most, you know. To but anyway, it's it's a it's a space that's interesting. So let, let's let's get back to the more interesting part. So you guys are getting these patents. So it, let's say it's like Thomas Edison, and it's a, a diagram or or three D illustration of like a light bulb, and you can own in essence or how you know what what's the what's the value proposition for having that NFT? Yes. So yeah, we are launching. Um, basically, we we basically collected the one of the most all the most historic patents. Um, out there that that are non-active so of course no one owns the rights to them anymore because yeah. the full long term of them expired so we took all the patents by like thomas edison nikola tesla even steve jobs like computer housing for the macintosh and we took those um papers of pdfs of the patents and actually took the figures and turned them into 3d models um on june 10th those 3d models will be available on our site but uh with these nfts um, essentially, when we do launch the active platform for licensing and rights of actual patents uh, currently that are like active, those people that have bought these NFTs, of course, will have first access um, to that platform. And of course, when we do launch that active platform, there will be token, PatentX tokens associated with that. So when they do buy these NFTs, they will receive um, some tokens automatically because they're one of the initial holders of the a collection collectible nfts patents and and these tokens are sort of a fungible token that that's like a reward token or is that these more nfts no these will be reward tokens that they can use on their platform to buy certain things whether it's patent or licensing stuff like that and you guys are launching imminently so what's what's that launch look like yeah, so we are launching our whitelist on June 7th. Uh, so if you're on the whitelist of PatentX, you will have a password and you'll be able to mint then uh, at a discounted price. And then on June 10th, the whole marketplace opens up to the public. Um, so if you did launch, if you did mint on the whitelist, you'll see all your NFTs that you minted um, on June 10th. And of course, any NFTs that were not minted on the whitelist will be able to be purchased by the public. And what, what are some of the upside to owning the, the token? Like you're, you're getting these tokens, but what, what can you do with them? So for the patent X tokens, um, eventually when the active marketplace is launched, you will be able to use that as like a token to, let's say you liked an innovation that someone else has posted, you will be able to use um, those tokens to buy those uh, innovations or patents to actually own the rights of them. 
so you're building this from scratch. Like what, what's, what's the platform look like? You're going to be open C related or your own, your own sort of thing. Yeah. So we actually finished our development about a month ago. We've been meeting a hun and a couple other uh, software engineers have been developing this for the last seven months. Uh, long process. We did create our uh, completely own marketplace. Um, so it is like OpenSea, but it's purely focused on innovation, tech and patents and stuff like that. Okay. Well, that's, that's uh, quite interesting. So what, what else, uh, what else are you, you into? Like what, what are some of the NFTs projects that sort of caught your eye over the last seven months? Yes. Um, I think one recently, um, I forgot the name of it, uh, but it was actually a couple of days ago I was looking at it and they actually found a way to actually take real real estate, um, tokenize that. And they actually created a real estate marketplace um, on like their platform. And it was really awesome. Uh, another one is actually called, uh, it's called CommerceFi. Um, what they're doing is they're basically having brands come in. And when someone uh, purchases something from the brand on that platform, they'll receive tokens. And then when they receive the tokens, they can also purchase more things from the brands. Uh, so when someone buys something and they share it, that brand will give them tokens to purchase more things on their site or whatever store they have. Uh, so it's sort of like a loyalty program with, with tokens. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yep. pre- that's pretty cool. There's, there's a lot of sort of, you know, reward related sort of incentives that are popping up like this whole move to earn, you know, movement for lack of a better term here, you know, where you're getting points for like running and jogging and competing. It's like Strava for with tokens, you know, mm-hmm. seems to be yep. pretty hot, pretty hot. Although that Steppen token has been completely annihilated over the last few weeks, but still a cool project. <laughs> but, but I think everyone's token has been an, annihilated. So they're, they're a good company. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, you know, the, the combination, I think, of this idea of, you know, DAOs, where you can have sort of community-based governance and participation along with the reward structure, I think opens up this kind of new model for sort of, I don't know, corporate governance, if you will. And so you guys are doing a DAO as well? Yeah, the end goal we do want is to eventually be a DAO. Um, of course, with that, um, all of our tokenomics. And then, of course, we want to have a big enough community of the correct people of course, making sure there's like credibility in our DAO of where decisions are being made. Um, so at that point, we do see ourselves being a DAO. And so what's driving you to form a DAO over just forming a Delaware Corp or something? I think the biggest thing is that we, we literally want to become the like patent office of Web3, right? We literally want mm-hmm. to change the current way that the traditional patenting is. There's, it's too much money, too much time. Uh, that's taken. And with the DAO, when we have a community of um, patent inspectors, uh, patent lawyers, inventors, and stuff like that, we really do see, instead of people going the traditional route of going to the patenting office, spending money and time, and even people that can't do it, this is actually an outlet for them. And that's why we do see the DAO coming um, together. Because at the end of the day, when you want to drive innovation, if you're really passionate about innovation and tech and solving world problems, that's when the community is going to be really strong. And that's when a DAO in a sense is going to be the best option. Yeah. I think for, we're obviously looking at similar structures for our DAO and how we sort of manage our, our tokens and things like that. I think there's this interesting intersection of, you know, giving that sort of value, not just from a reward, like here's some tokens for, for doing something of value in the community, but actually giving them a voice. And I think that the DAO structure combines the idea of, of, Control, governance, reward, you know, community engagement, all those things that are important when building, you know, a, an open ecosystem, 
and defines it through a sort of, you know, somewhat transparent structure. And I think that that's what, at least for me, is pretty exciting about the concepts of a DAO. And so you're seeing these DAOs pop up everywhere that represent, you know, communities of like-minded individuals. And that could be like, I like a certain political movement, or it could be, I'm into a piece of art, like, or the constitution of the U.S. and I want to buy a copy, although that failed. Really interesting that <laughs> how, how, how quickly you got this group of folks together. They managed to get, I think it was 40 something million dollars. And ultimately, I think they, they didn't get the constitution because the gas fees were so high that they, they <laughs> lost. Yeah, they, they literally lost the, the, the bid based on the price of gas uh, of, on Ethereum. So if it wasn't for the fact they spent like $8 million in gas, they, which is nuts, I might add, they would have actually gotten the, um, the constitution. And, and, but I think wow. it, the, guy, the guy that actually won it was some like, like I, I don't know exactly what it was. But I think it's like some kind of like Texas oil man, like it's probably worth billions or something. And this is, you know, right next to his like, you know, murdered elephant head he has on his wall. Now he has like the uh, con- U.S. Constitution. I totally made that last part up, I might add. I have no proof that he has a murdered elephant head <laughs> on the wall. But I'm just, I, in, in my mind, he's like Mr. Burns or something. That's what it but, seems <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah it's, he's, he's wearing, he's wearing like, um, I, I don't know, like, uh, you know, a vest made a real gorilla chest. I don't know. Anyway, that is totally off, off topic. Um, but that that's the interesting thing about DAOs with a complete sidebar that has nothing to do with DAOs. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's next? Like what you're, you're, you just graduated, you're, you're doing your first startup. Are you, how are you guys funding this thing? Yeah. So um, we are currently um, in a venture studio uh, called DX Partners. Um, where they essentially give us a lot of resources of um, they have our lawyers, they have a finance team behind them. So obviously they do get a share of patent X. Uh, however, so we have a lot of people there that have had a lot of successful startups. Um, Commerce Fi is one of the ones inside of DX Partners as well. Um, so having all those people behind us is awesome at patent X. And then with the actual like funding itself, uh, we have been able to self fund um, for all the development and all the marketing costs. However, when we do want it, we, when we actually create the active full platform for licensing and rights and all those transactions, we will be raising money um, in the next couple of months after this, uh, after this NFT launch. So you're, you're part of a accelerator. So this is a legal accelerator or a blockchain accelerator. Like what's, what's that look like? So this accelerator actually focuses on any companies that are focusing on digital transformation. Um, so they essentially provide a road path, um, they invest in any companies that are doing any digital so that requires like data science, um, augmented reality, virtual reality, and really changing any industries and digitalizing them. Um, those are the companies that they mostly uh, work with. Oh, so you mean like D- the DX, was it DXC? Is that the name of the DX partners? Uh, yep. DX, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. So it's, it's pretty broad, you know, digital transformation is one of those things that pretty much is like, I want to be, I want to build an IT infrastructure for like the second decade of the 21st century, which is basically anyone that wants to use like web tech in, in their company. It's like the most broad encompassing term ever coming from the guy yep. that created, you know, <laughs> cloud computing. But anyway, um, interesting times. I think you're, you're really uh, on, on a unique path. You know, we've, we've got a, a lot of different projects on this. This is, you know, you're not just creating 888,000, uh, you know, no. random <laughs> pictures of birds or something, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's different. Uh, I like that. So, no, yeah, we definitely wanted to make sure 
that more than just the picture, we wanted to take the patent and really bring it to life. And that's like, when you do go on a marketplace, you will see a full 3D model you can play with. All the claims are there. And then there's a lot more interaction you can do with the models. For our new listeners, which we have every week, you know, and if you're not familiar with the way this podcast works, you, if you go to fungibility.co and go to the homepage, you'll see a widget on the left-hand side. Every episode has a series of challenges and activities relating to this episode. Um, guessing that this one will have to include Mr. Burns to shout to Laura, our executive uh, producer, who has to go figure out how to put all that stuff together. But anyway, at, as you answer different questions, you can get points. Those points can be redeemed for this episode or previous episodes. They're actually minted on the blockchain, typically on either Celo or Polygon. So you can own this episode, trade it with your friends, do whatever you do with NFTs, and you know, t- take a look on that website for that. Um, so Neil, where can our listeners learn more about you, your project, and things you're, you're up to? Yeah, uh, we are on all socials. So on Twitter, we're at PatentXNFT. And on Instagram, we are at PatentX.io. Um, all the links are there. So we have link trees. And of course, our whitelist is currently open. So if you go to those Instagram or Twitter, uh, you will see um, the link tree. We can sign up for the whitelist, uh, which will be launching on June 7th. June 7th. Well, hopefully we get this episode out in around June 7th. So appreciate you taking the time to tell me about your project. I wish you the best of luck. I think that's uh, be interesting to see how you do, given it's sort of a, a novel use of NFTs. So, you know, g- good, good luck. Yep. Thank you so much for having me. And this is Ruve and Fungibility. Thank you. <laughs>